You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am your host, Joseph James. Healing. We all have gone through pain. We've all have experienced something in our life where we needed to be healed from, whether it was a traumatic experience of a car accident or a relationship or abandonment. There's such a huge list, but I want to talk today about one specific thing. There's only one thing that you can do for yourself to help you in your healing. This is a must need. And I'm going to tell you a story, two stories. Matter of fact, I was a sophomore in high school. I was running cross country. I was at a state cross country meet and the rules of the meet were, you know, you don't stop running. Of course, if something happens to somebody, you just yell until help comes. Okay. And they had people stationed around the track or the actual course itself that if anybody needed help, they had people there very close by. And I remember running, we're probably about three quarters into the 5k. And I remember this kid being probably about 20 to 30 feet in front of me. But as we're running through the woods itself, because a lot of cross country meets were set up that way, I'd see him disappear around a corner and then he appear again and we'd be kind of neck and neck almost. And I remember running down this hill and I didn't see him and he kind of came around to a curve. And as I rounded that curve, I expected to see him again because I I can kind of see through the path that it was a straightaway. And I noticed that he had fallen down on the ground. And of course, the first thing that ran through my mind is what they had all been preaching at the beginning of the race is don't stop. Don't worry about anybody else. Just yell for help. Okay. And so I started doing that. I'm yelling. When I passed this kid, and I'm guessing he was probably about 15, 16 years old at the time, he was already starting to turn blue in the face. And I'm yelling and I'm yelling, and I, but I, I kept running. And I crossed the finish line and I'm, my, my heart is just, you know, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. I just kept on thinking about this kid. I, need, I almost didn't even care about my results. And about a half hour later, my coach came up to me and because I went up and told him what had happened. And he told me that the kid went into heart failure and died. And I just, I broke. I had no idea what to do. I immediately started blaming myself. And of course, the long road trip home on the bus, I was listening to worship music and I just, I was crying the whole entire time. I was just sad and I was grief stricken about this young kid dying, but I was blaming myself from the very get go. And this is why, and see, I grew up in church. I grew up in a, in a faith-based family. And I was also part of a church group called Royal Rangers. It was very similar to what most of us know as Boy Scouts of America. And, but this was just church-based, faith-based, okay? We did everything the Boy Scouts did, rope tying, camping, fire building, cooking, first aid CPR. And even though I was young, I had been first aid and CPR certified for many, many years because I was, I had to be. And then of course my mom was a nurse. And so 
she was as well. And so it just kind of carried on throughout us. Okay. And I immediately started taking blame for his death. Not that I could control what his heart had happened or what was going on in his heart. I'm kind of really too young to know and understand there could be heart issues and just not really familiar with all those things. But I immediately started blaming myself that I didn't stop, that I was too concerned about my own race. I was too concerned about what everybody said, don't stop, keep going. You know, there are people there to help. And though that there were, and they probably may or may not have been able to do a better job or get more help at that time, is the fact that I knew CPR, that I knew first aid, and I did not stop to maybe have a little bit faster of a response time to this kid than yelling and screaming for help and then people running over. And so I held that against myself. I immediately started taking in the pain and blaming myself for not allowing that to happen or for allowing that to happen, for me not responding because I knew that's what I was supposed to do. Internally, I knew that that's something I could have controlled. You know, I don't know that I would have been able to save him. And that wasn't the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is, is I didn't stop. And so, you know, weeks went by. I'm still grieving this. You know, the coach had me see a a counselor at school because of it. And but yet at the same time, my coach was also kind of gawking and laughing at me for being a baby, so to say, to being emotionally distraught about this. And so I had a couple things going on in different different er and different areas of my emotions. Okay. And I went on for a long time holding this against myself, holding that pain, holding the resentment of not doing something, resentment against myself, not against anybody else. But then I also wanted to kind of blame the staff or them telling us we should be worried about our own race instead of the livelihood or the health of an individual. And I grieved for a while and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, I talked to the guidance counselor, but it it really didn't help much. She just asked, was I okay? And as a 15-year-old, I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. I, I didn't know how to open up to somebody at that point. And so years went on and I just, I eventually just let it suppress so in me that I didn't have the feeling anymore and life went on. Now I want to tell you about a second story and then I'm going to get to what I think is one of the most things, one of the most important things about the healing process. In 2005, my mother went in for heart surgery, February 2005, and she had a blood disorder called myelodysplasia, and it had affected a lot of her body, but she had had an aneurysm in her heart that she had to get repaired. The surgery was successful, and of course, recovery time, things like that, but she started having other medical problems within, from the heart surgery, okay? She started building fluid up in her lungs. Then that was taken care of and she was back in the hospital and then she get to the point of almost being ready to come home and then she had a gallbladder had to be removed. And so long story short, she ended up spending eight months in the hospital. And my mother at the time, even though she didn't need, she had 24 hour care. She was in, she was a very good hospital and they had this like kind of like a pod and one nurse was assigned to two to maybe three patients and that was it. Okay, so she had the care that she needed, and but she really put a demand on myself and family to be there with her in the hospital room 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it put a lot of stress on us, put a lot of stress on the family, a lot of stress on the church because and friends and family because of we're all having to adjust our schedules so somebody can be up there at all times. And so 
So this Sunday came along in October and I was getting ready to start a new job that week for TSA. Don't hold that against me. That was back in the days when they were very good. And I was going to be up near probably about 30 minutes to the hospital compared to the hour and a half I was away where I lived at at the time. And so I was going to go up there and I was going to be there with her throughout the week and take my turn and, and, and seeing her. But Sunday was my day to go up there and relieve anybody that was up there at the time and spend time with my mom. And then I was just going to commute right over to where the job was going to start Monday. And I get this phone call Sunday morning. I'm getting ready for church and I get this phone call Sunday morning from a buddy of mine. He's like, bro, we're going to do a night dive tonight because I was a scuba diver and I had not done a night dive yet. And like, we're going out. We're going to leave about six, seven o'clock when it starts to get dark. By the time we get out there, we're going to do two dives. And I'm like, I was so pumped and excited, but I knew I had to go up and see my mom. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be there this week. Not a big deal. I'll come up with some lame excuse of me not feeling well. And I'll see if my younger sister will go up there for me. So went to church that morning. I started feeling this like pounding in my chest and I didn't know what it was. So what did I relate it to? Because I had made the decision about going night diving and it started happening after that, then I thought something was going to happen while I was night diving. And so I'm just like, okay, God, you know, just, you know, protect me, keep me safe. I want to have a good dive. And so I go to church that morning, come home in the afternoon. I think I told my sister that I was sick and that if there was a way that she could go see mom and then I would see her throughout the week. Okay. And so I went on this night dive and during on the boat ride out there, I'm just feeling this heavy pounding in my chest, just like this, almost like an anxiety feeling like a, a fight or flight syndrome. Okay. And we get our gear on, we jump in the water and I'm with a group of guys that's way more advanced than I am and they're spear fishing. And so they just like take off and they're chasing these fish and I get lost. I like lose sight of them, okay? Now, believe it or not, at night, even in the dark, you can actually see a fair good amount of things underwater, even in darkness, okay? But you gotta be still. <laughs> and I immediately like, oh my God, this is where something bad happens. I'm going to drown, I'm gonna get lost. I And so everything started rising up in me in that panic. So I surfaced, and when I surfaced, I was in like seven feet of water. <laughs> and I laughed when I got to the surface. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, but I'm like, I'm safe. Now, then I start looking for the boat. I'm probably about 300 yards away from the boat. And that was a very, very long swim on top of water at night. Okay, because I was already exhausted. I was stressed. And so I went on and everything was fine. So I'm like, okay, I, the, the anxiety, the, the, the feeling is gone. So I go up to my new job on Monday morning. Monday night, I go, I go to bed and I get this phone call early Tuesday morning, about 6.30 in the morning. And it was my younger sister. And she broke the news. She said, the doctors are calling the family in. Mom's turned for the worse. Now, Monday, the night prior, the doctor's like, hey, she's doing great. She had to be able to go home in a week. And then within less than 12 hours later, he's saying, you need to call the family in. And so long story short, we all, family went in and my mother passed away late that night, about 11.45 p.m. Tuesday night. And I'll never forget that I didn't get a chance to spend that one last day with my mom. I didn't get that final goodbye like I wanted to. I didn't get the, maybe I could have prayed for her one more time. And that's what started going through my mind. I'm like, what about if I would have walked in there and prayed for her and God would have miraculously healed her? Not because of me, but because of who God is. And so I started playing with those emotions. I started feeling guilt. I started feeling 
anguish and resentment towards my own actions. And then, of course, what do I naturally want to do? I want to naturally blame it on other people. Oh, man, I wish you would never invited me to go diving. You know, why didn't my sister tell me no, why she can't, and I need to do it myself. But ultimately, it was my decision, and I lived that for years. And matter of fact, me telling this story, I've only told two other people in my lifetime about this, and it hurt. It hurt a lot because it was nothing more than I can do. My mom was gone. And all I kept on thinking is, is, man, I could have prayed for her one last time. This was her time. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to deal with that. I just kept on battling back and forth in my own self of why weren't you there? Why weren't you there? Why weren't you there? The guilt of it just overshadowed my life for many, many years. And this is the point right here that I'm getting to. There are things that we all go through in life. There are circumstances, there are things that we face that may or may not have been our fault. My mom passing away was not my fault. Me not being there was not my fault. The young kid dying in the cross country race was not my fault. But one thing that I was harboring and I was blaming, I was, I was blaming me. I was blaming for me for something I had no control of. Okay, let's say if I would have been able to, to, to perform CPR and he lived, all right? What happens if I would have been able to pray for my mom and God healed her? Ultimately, at the end of the day, I still had no control over those things. But here's the tip I want to leave with you with today. Your first step of healing, your very first step of healing has to be, no matter what you've gone through, is forgiving yourself. You can't live with the shame and the guilt of something, whether you feel that you could have controlled or whether you feel like you could not have controlled. At the end of the day, you can't blame yourself and you have to be able to get to that point of saying, you know what? Even though I couldn't have controlled my mom, I couldn't have controlled this young kid dying. I could have spent an extra day with my mom. I could have maybe said an extra prayer. I could have held her hand one last time and maybe got some sort of acknowledgement out of her. The fact of the matter is, is it was over. And the most important part about a circumstance that brings us pain is finding, is getting to the point of finding and realizing that it's done. And even if you could have or felt like you could have changed the experience, it didn't happen. And that's a self-realization. That's a healing. That's part of your healing. But I believe in my heart, the things that I've gone through in my life of this young kid passing away, my mom passing away, and me not doing anything for either one of them, the relationships with my family growing up, because I was always trying to fix things, which was a control issue. My father dying in January of 2019, and then 22 days later, my wife died. I couldn't control any of those things. But one thing I could control, one thing that I had power over, that was the ability to be able to forgive myself. When we forgive ourselves, I believe that's one of our first mental steps of accepting healing in our own life. Now, listen, there have been times I've asked God for forgiveness of, of things, and there's no doubt that he, gave, he forgave me immediately because that's what his word says. And he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. He doesn't even remember it anymore. But the battle really comes in at not the fact that we believe or don't believe that God has forgiven us. It's the fact that we don't believe we are forgiven in ourselves. You have to make the conscious effort that no matter what you go through, let's say you made a, you were in a relationship and it was abusive and you've been blaming yourself. Why didn't I see this? Why did I ignore the red flags? Why did I stay longer than I should have? Stop asking yourself why and understand the fact that you didn't and just say, you know what? I forgive myself for making those decisions. I forgive myself for not stopping to do CPR on this kid. I forgive myself for 
not going up and seeing my mom one last day. I forgive myself for not spending more time with my father before he ever passed away. Now my father passed away my best friend. I forgive myself for pushing my wife so hard throughout chemo. I forgive myself. Those words right there will bring so much healing to yourself. And so I encourage you guys to do this after listening to this podcast. Think about something that you're going through or maybe actually going through right now and just say, I forgive myself. Say, Joseph, I forgive you for, and then list your experience. A lot of you are still holding on to trauma and grief and pain when you were a child. Some of you haven't talked to your parents in 20 years because you're still holding something against them. And it's way more. It's way more. Listen, I have forgiven other people and not myself and still had resentment and bitterness and anger and just strife in my life. I wasn't operating in what what is called the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, forgiveness, long-suffering, self-control, gentleness, or meekness, and the greatest of those being love. Love on you. Love yourself. So guys, I encourage you, your first step in going through a healing process, it's way more than just acknowledging that it wasn't your fault. Forgive yourself. Regardless if you feel like it was really your fault or not your fault, forgive yourself. Take the time to say, I forgive myself for such and such. I forgive myself for these things. I forgive myself for not doing something. And you're going to watch as you do that. And listen, you may feel complete healing after the first time you say it. It may take you 15, 20 times. It may take you 30 times. You say that self, those things over yourself as many times as it takes for you to feel that you are completely healed and or you feel that you're not holding that guilt over you. That's going to be one of the biggest keys in your own self-healing. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast and please stay tuned in for our future episodes. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.